Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Undead Walking Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Sarah Beth Pollock. Hey everyone, we're back with another episode of the Undead Walking Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Beth Pollock, and I am here today with a very special guest. My guest co-host for the day is Jeffrey Kopp. He is none other than the man who is behind one of the most popular Walking Dead Twitter accounts around. He's the one who has his finger on the pulse of the show. Uh, it's T Walking Dead World. I know you've heard of him. Even though you may not have may not have heard of him, you may have heard of his account because who doesn't know his account in the Walking Dead world? Jeffrey, I am so glad to have you here. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to to be on the podcast and to dive into the new episodes that we've got this season. Um, yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, I mean, let's let's jump into it. Um, you know, obviously, it's uh, there's been a huge wait to get to these episodes so I think it's it's been one of those things where the anticipation has just been insane over the past several months and uh now we're here and and I I mean I have to say the the season premiere like I love how dark it is I love you know it's it's got the scares it's got a lot of the stuff that really makes me love the walking dead and and I mean, how have you been, how have you been enjoying the show since it, since the season premiere? Yeah, I, I feel like the thing that has stuck out to me most about season 11 so far is just how they've really gotten back to the horror route, which is a part of the show that I've always loved, but it's, it's not always that present, you know, feeling of horror all the time. There's different genres that the show explores, but at its, at its root, that's what The Walking Dead is. And I feel like we've really been hit hard with that this season, especially with, you know, everything with the Reapers, that looming threat of them, and then getting to see a little bit of them um, in episode 1103. And then obviously everything with the the subway tunnel has just been downright terrifying. I do not like tight closed spaces like that. So that kind of is like my worst nightmare. Um, 
so that that has been just like so cool getting that that horror vibe that is so important to the show and you know getting to see all the characters kind of experience that that level of threat that you know where it's just constant fear and not knowing what's happening and we got a lot of that with the whispers too but this is kind of a different almost a different type of horror I feel like because we kind of went through the whispers and dealt with that and now we're in this kind of it's like a slasher film almost where they're just we don't know where those that these people are they they're coming out of nowhere they're attacking our people so it's really I'm really impressed with this season so far yeah and it's one of those things that I mean it's a credit to the the writers and the um you know just the team behind the scenes because uh, you know obviously they've been working on these scripts since the pandemic started. So they've had a lot more time to, to really refine them and get them to where they want them to be. Because I, I agree hundred percent. I mean, these, these past three episodes have really dialed up the, the terror and, you know, that, that aspect of the show that sometimes, you know, it's, it's such a, it's a fine line because it's hard to, I, I don't think anybody would want to see the show be just pure terror every week. Cause that's not, after a while, it's, you know, you have to change it up or else it just gets kind of stale, right? Yeah. But in this case, I think you're, you're exactly right because this is a, a threat. I mean, I, I actually see the, the Reapers as being, you know, infinitely more terrifying than some of the other villains we've faced because they're organized and they're hidden and, you know, they have some agenda, you know, even the, even even in this past week's episode, like we, we learn about what they're doing and why they're doing it to some extent, but it still doesn't, you know, like that doesn't change how terrifying they're, they are. It actually, like learning how intentional they are about it makes it even more terrifying because you don't know what the rules are. And, and it seems like the, the rules are, are constantly kind of being written in the middle of this battlefield that they're on. And it's, it's, it's terrifying. Yeah. And it, it, it kind of elevates the terror when we have all of these characters at Alexandria dealing with an, a whole other crisis where they, they're, they've been so decimated by the war with the whispers and they're kind of trying to build things back up and they don't have food and they're, they're struggling hard. And they're also having to deal with this, this crisis of the reapers coming at them while they're on a mission to get, to get food. And that, that just, I mean, that just adds to, the intensity and the the horror and the the stress of it and I I really like that they're kind of mixing all these threats at once and kind of hitting the characters really hard I mean it's the final season so the stakes need to be really high and I feel like for at least these first three episodes I know I've been stressed the entire time and you can tell that the characters are too because it's just it's one thing after another oh yeah and you then you get to that point especially with uh with not having food like it's it's one thing to be in the middle of a pursuit you know that that predator prey aspect where you know like with the whispers where you feel like you're you're being pursued and you have to you know constantly be on guard but when you add in that level of of that that layer of, of not having food and not knowing where your next meal is going to come from and you know the level of exhaustion that comes from you know, trying to fortify the walls and trying to figure out where to get food and how to you know mentally prepare because I, I talked to uh, this this week I talked with 
Nadia Hilker and uh, Angel Theory about it. And they were talking about how, you know, Magda and Kelly, like everybody knows that the Reapers are out there, like the people at, who are back at Alexandria, but the people at Alexandria are also really focused on this food thing. And it's like, mm -hmm. it's, it's hard to, to focus on anything else when you don't know, you know, where the food is coming from. So it's, it's, I think that's what makes these episodes really kind of special because it does give that, you know, so far they've really, things have worked out. They'll find a, you know, they'll find a cellar full of food or they'll find something. And now it's, it, you've gotten to the point. I, I, I had to Google this. I, I will tell you this. I Googled how long MREs last because I really needed to know how that all worked. <laughs> like surely they couldn't just you know keep going and and they do have like a you know after as you approach 10 years they really stop becoming edible and uh, yeah. so you know at this point you're kind of in a situation where if you don't have a food source I mean canned goods are just not going to cut it anymore so they're in they're in a, a situation here and it, I really like how they're kind of building off of what happened last season, because, I mean, they had a pretty good thing going with, you know, the hilltop. The hilltop was kind of their main source of agriculture for a long time. And the whispers completely wiped that out. So that's, that's out of the equation entirely now. And that's affecting everyone at Alexandria now. And they have all the people from the hilltop, from the kingdom, living in this one community and they don't have their main food source anymore. So they're having to basically scramble to find whatever they can. And I mean, there's not really, like you said, there's just not that many options left. They lost their main source of food. So that just makes things all the more difficult and stressful and desperate. Oh, absolutely. And, and it definitely drives us into the, the Commonwealth story and, and everything that, that's yet to come. But I'm really intrigued by, you know, how this is, this is playing out because, you know, we're th three episodes in. So Hunted just aired a couple of days ago and we have, uh, you know, there's, there's this group that had gone out to, to get food. And then you have the group that's still back at Alexandria and they're trying to figure out, you know, what to do. And, and um, it's so interesting how, how things have played out. And I think it all kind of comes to that, comes to a head. Um, the first two episodes really set up everything that happens in episode three. And it's really interesting to see where everybody is at this point, because it's, it's, they had some wins, but they also had some really big setbacks. Yeah. I mean, it, it reminds me a lot of, you know, those last couple of minutes at the end of season eight, once the war was over, the war with the saviors, where we kind of saw everyone catch their breath a little bit and we saw like Gabriel return to Alexandria and we saw um, Morgan go to the junkyard and we saw we saw kind of everyone just just breathe a little bit knowing that Negan was defeated and that was all over and it kind of feels similar to that in that you know they're dealing with the aftermath of the Whisper War I mean that was a long conflict that they had to deal with they suffered so many losses not just in terms of people but I mean they lost communities they lost all kinds of different you know infrastructure in their their society so I really like how we're kind of in this it's almost like a blank slate I feel to start this final season where everyone's kind of doing their own thing we have like Eugene and that 
that group going to the to the Commonwealth to kind of see if they can get some help because they know how bad things are. They obviously don't know what's happened since you know the Whisper Wars ended, but I I, I totally agree. It's it's an interesting sort of place that they're in now. And it unfortunately, it looks like uh, anyone in Maggie's group, the the group that that followed her from, um, you know, that, that followed her into season eleven, Elijah's side, we're still missing a couple of people in episode three. People that that kind of scattered, and then we're kind of we're not really sure where they are at this point. But uh, Maggie's losing a lot of people really fast, and it's. Uh, mm-hmm it's it's kind of hard to watch because they're they're literally being picked off like like flies by these uh by these reapers and it you know she suffered some big losses this week it makes me so sad that whole episode where all of her people were dying just made me so sad because I feel like Maggie I mean everyone's obviously lost a lot over the course of this show but I feel like Maggie has probably lost the most out of anyone and we really didn't even get the chance to see her mourn the deaths that happened while she was gone. So like Tara and Jesus and Enid, we really didn't get the chance to see that. So she's, of course, having to deal with being back and those people not being here anymore and dealing with all, all of her people that she met while she was away being dead now. So it's, it's a awful, awful situation that she's in. Now she's... <laughs> She's essentially just stuck with Negan now, which is obviously not a situation she wants to be in at all. Um, so they're they're throwing Maggie just through the ringer this season, which I kind of expected just because I knew she was coming back to some kind of awkward situations with Negan kind of being on the loose and everything changing. But Maggie's having a, a rough start to season 11 so far. <laughs> Yeah, I know she really is. And it's, uh, it's so it's funny because I was talking with um, with Lori Fortier on the podcast uh, last week and she she brought Agatha to life in these past three episodes. And one thing we were kind of laughing about was that that group would make a really interesting episode of Tales of the Walking Dead because they're, you know, they wouldn't have to do that much with like in terms of their appearances, like they're they're ready to go. So I'm kind of hoping that somewhere out there we're getting to, you know, maybe, maybe the, the walking dead powers that be are, are kind of thinking ahead and saying, Hey, let's, let's do an episode of, of, you know, of tales with Maggie and this group, because I, I think everybody, and, and certainly they would have to do it. They would have to, I'm, I'm hoping they're thinking that far ahead because certainly little Herschel isn't going to be little for very much longer. You know, he's <laughs> going to be growing and it's going to be hard to replace him because he's so perfect. So I'm kind of I'm, I'm looking and, and hoping that maybe we get some uh, some tales of the Walking Dead out of these you know these people that we're meeting briefly like the the fleeting the groups that we're meeting fleetingly because it would be fun to, to know more about them. I would love that because I was when they were first introduced I was like oh these are going to be like Maggie's crew for the whole season and then this episode episode 1103 they just were taken out one by one. And I was like, well, there goes my, I'm clearly not good at predicting because I was expecting them all to basically survive the season and they just got taken out one by one. The one that really surprised me a lot was Cole because we met him during the first bonus episode at the end of season 10. And I kind of, I I don't know why, I just kind of expected him to 
kind of be Maggie's right hand man throughout the season. And then in the opening minutes of 1103, he was taken out. So that was shocking. I, I would love to learn more about, you know, their backstory and see what they were up to before, before the present day. So I love that idea. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's, there's so many, I mean, it's, it's, I think we all know as a collective fandom that you, know, you can't get too attached to anybody, but yeah, it seems like they were, uh, they, they exited a little quickly and, and I would love to, I'd love to know more. Cause it just, I mean, who's, how is Herschel going to ride Duncan's shoulders? Like what's going to happen there? Like, it's just, it's so heartbreaking to think that all of these I know. I was like, I was like, poor Herschel. He just lost all these people that were essentially his family. He's he's now without all these people that he grew really close to. So he, we're gonna have to. I'm presuming we're gonna see like him have to deal with that that side of the loss that his mom is too familiar with at this point. Yeah, seriously, seriously. But as you That's said, bad. you know now now she's uh now she's on the road. She's with Negan, and I I don't think it was a surprise. I think they teased this enough and and released enough photos for people to kind of see that that's where they were going with uh with Negan and um you know what are I I have to say that I I really appreciate how they've crafted these conversations and the back and forth between them because it's such it's such an awkward thing and I know that there's so many so many um really strong opinions on Negan and, and especially Negan when it comes to Maggie. So it's, it's a, it's a minefield of, of trying to navigate that story, but I, I really feel like they've done some really brilliant stuff with those two characters and it, and it really came out in 1103. Oh, definitely. And that's, that's something I was thinking about while I was watching the episode is that it, this is kind of our first time seeing Maggie and Negan together like this because before it was obviously so different you know before she left he was locked up for that that period of time and then before that for season seven and season eight you know it was they were at war with one another so we've never seen them in this type of scenario where he's he's not the bad guy that he once was but he's obviously not her best friend and they're kind of just having to work together and survive he's he is free and he could leave if he wanted to, but he is staying and he's helping. And it's just such a weird, it's a weird and awkward dynamic, but I think it's so interesting. And it, it's something that I was really excited to see um, before the season started. And it's been so interesting to see them interact and see the other characters sort of pick sides almost, seeing like how Daryl, views it happening see how Gabriel um watches it it's just such a such an interesting story and I'm glad it's kind of been the focus of these first three episodes really heavily because it's it's been a long time coming their reunion and this was this was always what was going to happen yeah and I think I honestly think that this is a really good a good look at what could have been because I I really see you know, in a, in a vacuum, if nothing had ever happened and they had come together, I could see them working together really well as a team. I could see, and I could see that with Carol and Negan too. Like I can see a lot of their individual traits really working well together, if not for this, you know, the, the shared tragedy of what happened and, and how it all happened. Like, you know, you can't, 
can't forget that. But at the same time, I, I, I see if, if you could make all of that go away, I could really see them being a dynamic partnership, you know, and, yeah. and especially, especially knowing like, you know, if you, if you take that step outside and say, okay, like, let's imagine that something happened to Glenn and, you know, Negan wasn't to blame for it. I could see Negan kind of stepping into the role that he stepped in with Judith, where he's, you know, kind of watching out for Herschel and fighting with, you know, alongside Maggie. And like, I can see those elements all playing out and it, because of how they set the story up, I, it, it, it makes sense, but now it just is, it's, you know, obviously it's way too, way too complicated for that to actually be a reality but i could see it in an alternate universe oh totally and that's that's what i i have always liked about the character of megan specifically in the time that you know after the war ended and he was locked up and kind of had to redeem himself in certain ways is that he's a unique villain in the sense that we're actually getting to see this side of him whereas it wouldn't have, I don't think it would have worked with like the governor and it definitely wouldn't have worked with Alpha or Beta, but Negan, it, it just, it works story-wise. And, you know, that, that's an interesting story to tell is the villain having to work with the people that he was once again. And especially in a world like The Walking Dead where, you know, everything's a gray area, I think it just, it just fits perfectly. And we're really getting to see that these first three episodes specifically where, you know, there's the, the sort of implications of, of everything that's happened since he was introduced kind of coming, coming out at once. So I, I really love it so far, what we're seeing with him. Yeah. And I, I, I'm, I'm so invested in, in um, just Full disclosure for everybody listening, Jeffrey and I had a conversation prior to the podcast about, you know, our, our feelings about how confusing AMC Plus is, but I, I don't know when I'm going to see the new, like, I guess it's going to be a couple of weeks before we know what's going on beyond episode 1104, which some people have seen and some people haven't. So that's why we're not talking about it, incidentally, but I'm really excited and I hope we get to see more because I'm really invested in, in what is happening with Maggie and Negan now and, and it's it's an interesting thing because I never thought I would be there um you know as a viewer but I'm I'm totally invested I want to see what happens yeah and that's that's what I really liked about episode 1103 also was it wasn't just about Negan and Maggie's relationship but it was also we got to see Alden mixed in there which was something that I didn't really think of much until recently but you know he was once a savior he was once someone that had to answer to Negan and in the middle of the war he came over to Maggie's side and now he's kind of caught in the middle of the two of them in this sort of weird situation where it's his former boss and his current boss and they're butting heads and he's obviously on team Maggie but you know him and Maggie kind of butted heads a little bit when they were on the train and the whole thing that happened with Gage so that's why I kind of I just I loved these interactions that we're getting with Negan with characters that you wouldn't really expect that's why I really love the stuff with him and Carol last season because that's not something we ever really got to see and now we're getting the chance to see all of that kind of play out so it's really interesting yeah no I, I totally agree and I think that the I one of the things I really liked about Alden being involved in this little circle is that 
he was there when Maggie was making the very, the very obvious, but still very difficult decision to take care of Gregory. And, you know, he wasn't too comfortable with it kind of reminded me of Glenn when they were, you know, trying, when he was trying to like talk Rick out of going after the outpost, you know, which is where, you know, that ended up happening and there was nothing they can, you know, couldn't go back from it, but Glenn wasn't too comfortable about it. And, yeah. um, you know, Alden having been on the inside of the sanctuary and knowing what the saviors were about, like he knew that, you know, that's a, that's a decision that you can't come back from. Like once you decide to do that, even if it's in the name of justice, you can't change that. And so there was a moment when they were in that subway car and, you know, Gage was about to die. I think that I like to think that that was going through Alden's head because he knows that Maggie is, is able to make those difficult decisions for better or for worse. Like, I, I think he was kind of like, are we in a good spot here? You know, because, you know, Negan, Negan did make a good point. I mean, like is not like he was like, hey, she's going to kill me. Like, I'm she who knows what's going to happen here. And um, I, I think the wheels were kind of turning. And I think he's glad that my my sense is that he's glad that things worked out the way they did but man for a moment there they could have gone very very differently and it would have you know there would have been a lot of things different about that if, if they had gone that direction yeah that's there's so many different different dynamics that play just mostly because of the the long history that these characters have with one another i mean even having Gabriel in the mix of all of that you know he's had his own moments with Negan um throughout the time on the show I think back to season eight when he was trapped at the sanctuary pretty much the entire season they had their deep conversations about you know everything that Negan was about and it's just so interesting seeing them having to now fight alongside one another and work together and you can tell no one's really comfortable with Negan being around, but people have their own different opinions about it, about what's it, about it being good for you know the community and whatnot. Um, it's a very interesting thing to see with the, with the history of the the show and its characters. Absolutely, absolutely, and you know that that was just one of the stories that was playing out this week um you know and in in addition to all of the people we lost and all of the the crazy things that were happening on the the journey to meridian um back in alexandria there was a whole other kind of situation going on because they're still looking for food and the one thing i i have to preface this because and i i think i've kind of said this a couple of times but this episode had one of my all-time favorite moments of the entire series and my absolute least favorite moment ever all within the same episode and it all had to do with what was going on in alexandria the horses <laughs> yep the horses it was yep. the horses it, it uh man that that really like I have so many thoughts and I, I, I would love to know your thoughts because the thing that jumps out to me, I, I think the quest to go get the horses was absolutely the right thing to do. I mean, that they needed to do that. And I loved, loved the scene where they, they were wrangling the horses and working together. That was just a beautiful scene. That, that's the one that that's one of my favorites, just because 
you don't get wins very often in this universe. And so for things to work out the way they did and for these four women to come together who probably never would have known each other outside of, outside of the apocalypse, for them to work together, it was just a beautiful moment. I'm not sold on the need to kill the damn horse. And it, it <laughs> bothers me to this moment. Like I, I could deal with the horse pieces. That's one thing okay fine they're dead like whatever but did you really need to kill the horse I don't know well it's so funny because the whole episode I was like this is this is shockingly um nice and upbeat for an episode of The Walking Dead especially considering what Maggie and them are going through I'm like it I guess they're just giving us something nice and light and I mean that's what it was we need those moments where it's where things are you know, going well, and we get wins. And I think that was very important to the episode. But then as they got back to Alexandria, and Carol was walking away with the one horse, I had this terrible feeling in my stomach, I was like, I think she might be taking that horse to slaughter it. And then she laid it down. And I was like, I really don't want to see this. I really, I don't, I don't need to see this. And they went there, because this show just has a thing with horses where if there's a horse on screen, it's going to die at some point. And I, I understand it. Like they are, they're not in a good situation. And I, I like to think that if I were in that situation, I'd be able to eat the horse. But I just, I was, I was, when I saw the kids, I was like, yeah, I get you guys. You don't want, I wouldn't want to eat the horse. That's like your, it's like their pet, basically. It's like if they were eating dog or something, I mean, it's terrible, but they're kind of, I mean, it is a good point. They're, they are so desperate at this point. And Alexandria has got a lot of people living there right now. So any food that they do find would go pretty fast. So I, I get it. I think it's like a necessary evil almost that, that they had to take the horse down. But I don't know if we need to see it. We don't need to see it all the time. Every time they have a horse, that we have to see it die so graphically. I don't want to see that. <laughs> Yeah, no, it felt, it felt a little gratuitous, honestly. Like I felt like it was, you know, for all the things that can happen in a show with zombies and especially after, you know, watching Agatha be eaten to death and, and obviously shout out to Greg Nicotero for a great cameo, but yeah. uh, it's funny to me that they keep going back to that. And I, I feel like it's almost like a running joke at this point because it, it keeps it keeps happening and you know they even gave a shout out to buttons and <laughs> you know like I I get it but I also struggle the thing that did I struggle with the most because all those other horses were dead I don't know that killing a finite resource was the right way to go like I get so I get the I get the need to eat but I also remember like not that much time has passed and they said they had a week's worth of food and I don't think they've been in that week yet so it makes me wonder why Carol made that decision as opposed to maybe riding out and um, you know going to trying to get to Oceanside to do some fishing or get to a lake where you know cause the whisperers wouldn't have scared away the fish they, yeah. they scared away the wildlife but not the fish so is it possible that there were other options that might have I'm thinking about that old expression about the you know teach a man give a man a fish you know you've given him a meal but teach him how to fish and he has a lot of meals like 
was there yeah. a better way to use that horse? And, and was it to get somewhere that has food that can be replenished? Because now they're down, the, the, all, the other, all the other horses are dead. There's no, you know, yeah. all of their vehicles have been destroyed. All of their, their, everything's been done. And while I, I know it on an intellectual level that this was done to further the story, I, I get that part, but I just, part of me is like, eh, I don't know that that was, like, I, I hate to see all of the, um, I, I was telling someone the other day, I felt like not only was it a gratuitous kill for the horse but I felt like it was gratuitous suffering for Carol to be the one to make that decision when I feel like there were other options because Carol's just been suffering like crazy and it's like did she really have to do that and have it happen that way that just seems like oh that's just a lot for Carol geez that's what I was thinking when she was leading the horse away I was like does do we have to have Carol be the one to do this right now can can someone else step forward and do it please because she's she does not need to be the one to to go through with this, especially, I mean, it hasn't been that long since everything happened with the Whispers, so she's still in a rough place, and that's why I really did like the moment where Aaron comes in and kind of, he doesn't even have to say anything, he's just there with her, and I just, I love those little moments like that where, you know, we see the the bond that the characters have with one another, where he knows what she's going through. He knows she's going through a really rough and dark time right now. And he, he was just there for her in that little tiny moment. And that's what I liked about Rosita too. She could tell that, you know, that was a difficult thing for her, for Carol to have to do. And oh, it was just brutal. I knew as soon as I saw the horses, I was like, this is just going to be one of those episodes. It's so funny to me how that just like it, it it's universally just one of those things that gets fans going like you see a horse and you're like oh man I mean not to not to jump over to to fear but I I I, I worried about the dog you know with the miss the nuclear missile I mean it's, it's fine I, and I <laughs> yeah. thought about the horses that people were riding like all of the horses died and all of the stuff and it's like oh my god like this show is not very animal friendly except for dogs well, you know you well i mean you go you look back to the very first episode of walking dead and the horse that rick rode into atlanta on died in the in the final moments of that first episode so it's it's kind of ingrained in the in the dna of the show almost and it's yeah, that, that's I'm, true it's so it's like it, it, it really is like a running joke at this point. Every time there's a horse on screen, we know it's not going to end well, most likely. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it, it, you're exactly right. And uh, I have a feeling that won't be the last time that we, that we have to see this, but hopefully, hopefully things work out, but I'm still, I'm, I'm still wondering, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about where there's still a lot of people that we haven't seen yet. And I'm wondering, you know, what's, what is going on in, Oceanside is is Oceanside still still Oceanside is it you know they managed to do anything there or you know could they get there and get some fish like it just it seems like you know I don't want to be an armchair quarterback at this point but it's like damn it go get some fish like fish yeah like (laughs) Oceanside you need to pull your weight a little bit more yeah yeah because they're they're kind of lifted or they're 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 they've been kind of pushed to the side and we haven't really heard a lot I mean I know that the whispers were there and you know potentially I I don't know what 
we never got the, the full story of what was going on there, but I feel like the ocean's still there. So yeah, go fishing, go, go. I feel like you can get there now. You've got a horse, go get some, go get some fish. And that's kind of what I'm wondering what might happen if, you know, I mean, things are really bad in Alexandria right now. And we saw what happened to the kingdom, you know, when things got really bad there, they ended up having to leave the kingdom behind. So I kind of, I'm wondering if the same thing might happen here at Alexandria, if they'll have to, you know, give up the community at some point and move maybe to Oceanside or if the Commonwealth will come into the, into play with that at all or what might happen there. But I mean, the kingdom, the kingdom wasn't destroyed by, you know, an attack by the whispers or anything. It was destroyed by years of kind of weathering and there were fires and whatnot, but I'm, I'm, I have this weird feeling that Alexandria is just, it's not, not going to be able to be saved. So it's, it's, it's a weird place right now for the, the whole community to be in. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I feel like that was done to move the story along and, and it kind of makes sense that, you know, in those, when people are in that, that the last throes of desperation is when they make decisions that are either good or bad and you know and, and for some people who haven't seen who haven't read the comics like they don't know what's coming with the commonwealth they don't know you know is it a good thing is it a bad thing is it you know no one really knows at this point we can we can hope that they would be helpful and we can hope that there's you know some kind of um benefit to be found you know when maggie and negan if they if they reach meridian but I feel like this is kind of setting up that the the, de the kind of desperation that forces people to, you know, maybe say goodbye to Alexandria and move on somewhere else because they have to, whether or not they they actually want to. Yeah, it the the feeling that the show kind of has right now reminds me a lot of the season five days when they were traveling from Georgia to Virginia when the group was kind of on the road and they were in a really bad place for a while and didn't really, they had no food. They had very limited, you know, ammunition and any kind of resources at all. And when they were eating the horses in this most recent episode, I couldn't help but think about the dogs and they had to eat the dogs on the side of the road. Cause I was sitting there watching the kids and I was like, wow, their parents at one point were sitting on the side of the road eating dog. And these kids, you know, are kind of, in a terrible situation that's not too different because of desperation. So it kind of, it really gives me that same sort of feeling as season five and also season six where, you know, the wolves attacked and left the community in a really rough place. That kind of, it's that desperation that, you know, there's kind of always that lingering desperation just because of the state of the world that they're in, but they have highs and lows and this is definitely a, a low that they're in right now yeah yeah and it's it's only it feels like it's it's only going to keep getting worse and, and I have to say as we uh you know after kind of dissecting the episode I have to say that you know given that we're heading into the halfway point with 1104 next week and there's only eight episodes in each kind of each segment this is where you know it's been crazy so far but this is where it, it, it goes up a notch and it, it now we're really going to start seeing some crazy stuff because this is when it, you know, this is the halfway point to the 
for the first part of the season. And, and it's, it's crazy to think that this is, that we're already here, but it's crazy to think that, you know, this is where we are and that there's so much going on and really there's no certainty anywhere. Like there, there's no, um, you know, they, they, they had a, a momentary win when they were able to get the horses and, and, you know, they can eat the one horse and hopefully they don't have to eat more of the horses, but, <laughs> but, but, you know, it doesn't, it, it doesn't get them very far. It gets them a meal, a couple of meals at most. So something really has to happen quickly. Yeah. It's, and that's why I'm hoping, you know, the Commonwealth works out that ends up being kind of a win for, for our people, but where it stands right now, I, I'm very hesitant and I'm very suspicious because they seem really intense and I have no clue how that'll play out. Um, but if it, if it ends up being a win, that would obviously be really good for our people, but you know, that's, that's also so far away that it's such a, it's such a distance that, you know, we don't know how that'll play out. If they'll come to us, if we'll go to them, we don't really know. Yeah. Yeah. And for all we know, a helicopter could show up and pick everybody up. We don't. Oh gosh. Really <laughs> <laughs> At this point, all the rules are, are, are changed because we, everything that was supposed to happen probably won't happen the way we thought it would, you know, a few years ago. So, so yeah, we're in uncharted water right now. Yep. It's definitely an interesting place to be, especially for the final season, because, you know, you kind of always go into a season knowing certain things will happen, certain story points will happen. You know that once we reach the end of the season, they'll be setting up for the next season. But here, this is it. This is the last season, and it's kind of all bets are off. Anyone can, can die. Um, anyone can, you know, anything can happen to anyone. Anyone can disappear and maybe end up on a spinoff so we we really kind of are in an interesting place where the show could go anyway and that's that's what's most exciting to me about you know going into each episode is that everything's just so unpredictable more so than it has been probably for the entire run of the show oh absolutely and I think that makes it uh, at least from my perspective it really makes for a, a more enjoyable viewing experience because there is so much possibility loaded with each scenario you know just because someone dies doesn't mean they're dead and, you know that they're they could come back and and that stories that aren't told could be told elsewhere and you know there's there's so much possibility that um yeah it's, I mean it's it's cliche at this point but man what a great time to be a walking dead fan like i i it never is. would have thought 10 years ago that this is where we'd be but we've got spinoffs we've got movies coming we've got all kinds of stuff and the show's ending and it and yeah. it doesn't really matter because we're we've got all this cool stuff coming and that's that's what i kind of remind myself when i get sad that the show is ending but i know that you know of course the main show is ending and that is sad but we have so much that's coming still and we have so much that could be coming in the future that we might not even know about yet. The stuff that we're seeing now could be planting seeds for stories that could come years from now. And that's to me, what's really exciting is that, like you said, it, it's such a cool time to be a fan. And if you would have told me that I would be this excited about 
the the whole franchise like two years ago when we knew or three years at this point when Rick was leaving I would not believe you because I kind of I was worried but I mean this is kind of the most vibrant and you know expansive that the the whole franchise has ever been so I think it's a really really good time to be a fan of the walking dead right now I agree a hundred percent and I just have to say thank you to you, Jeffrey, because you are kind of the glue that's holding the whole fandom together with with your oh, Twitter account. You. You've got your your finger on the pulse of everything that's going on. So so thank you for for kind of being the um the torchbearer, as it were, and carrying us through, you know, the 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 dark times and the the good times because there it kind of ebbs and flows with this with this show and uh <laughs> so it's, it's always nice knowing that you're the rock helping to uh to keep the foundation steady well thank you so much that means so much it's it's funny because i always say it's this is this more than a lot of shows and a lot of you know fandoms this this fandom is really unique in the sense that it kind of never shuts up which i, I say that with all the the love and no hate but I mean, we can find stuff to talk about really at any point, even during the long hiatus when all the shows were up in the air. People were still talking about the smallest, most minuscule things about the show. And that's what I love about this this fandom is that we keep going no matter what. And it's it's really a community. There's there's always bickering, which obviously is not great, but the fans really are so dedicated and we have this beautiful community where we can keep things active and keep the conversation going even when the show's not on even when things are up in the air and that's 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 what I love so much even stuff like you know this podcast that's so cool that we we have this this cool thing that we can do where we can talk about the show because you don't you don't you truly don't see that with with every media you know piece of entertainment so that's that's what I love about The Walking Dead, aside from, you know, the story is just this side of things. Oh, for sure. For sure. And, and obviously I am, this is something I've been wanting to do. I'm so glad that you're able to, to join me for, for uh, this episode. And, and um, I would really love to have you back. And so I think we should, uh, I think we should make this a thing and, and hopefully we can, we can find time to, to talk about the other stuff. I mean, there's, there's so much to talk about in the world of the walking dead and, and um, you know, not just the walking dead anymore. There's fear, the walking dead and there's world beyond. And those are both coming out next month and, and yeah. uh, a bright future too. So I would, I would love to have you back. And, and so we can, we can do this again. Definitely. I, I can talk about walking dead nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, I will not shut up about it. <laughs> Well, that's good because there is, there's never, like you say, there's never a shortage of things to talk about. So it's, uh, it's always good to have people who are enthusiastic. And, um, you know, like I said, you are the torchbearer when it comes to the world of the walking dead. So I am just thrilled that we were able to do this and, and, um, yeah, I think we should, I think we should do this again. Definitely. I'd love to, that'd be so much fun. Well, cool. Well, I am going to, uh, to, we're going to cut this right here and I want to thank everybody for listening. And, um, you know, if, as always, if, uh, if you, the listeners have ideas for future podcasts or things that you want to hear on the show, just 
send me, uh, you know, send me a, a tweet, you know, tweet me at Sarah Beth Pollock. Um, you know, certainly you can reach out to Jeffrey at T Walking Dead World. And, um, you know, we can, we can do this again. And I would love to, uh, to have that input from everybody. Um, and so on behalf of Jeffrey and myself, I just want to thank everybody for listening this far, remind everybody to subscribe to the podcast, uh, leave a review, leave a comment, all of that helps to keep the podcast going. So I appreciate it. And as always, I want to remind everybody to stay safe, wash your hands and watch out for those walkers. Thanks everybody. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.